Hi, everybody. It's Steve Smith, the editor of PHC News Magazine. Today, I'm talking to Doug Donovan. Doug is the CEO of Interplay Learning, a very interesting education technology company. Doug, thanks for calling in today. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Steve. Listen, I know you and I talked briefly last year, and I, I think if I remember right, I, I think I first saw your equipment, your your system in 2019 at the PHCC Connect Annual Convention. So I know a little bit about it, but let's recap. I mean, you know, tell me a little bit more about how you started Interplay and, and what's Interplay? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So, you know, you, you said it were an education technology company with an entire focus on the electrical, mechanical, industrial workforce. And, you know, just jump into the guts of it. The thing that's made us special and why people are paying attention is that we've been using simulations as the primary tool for online learning for for tradespeople. So with a heavy focus in HVAC, electrical, plumbing, et cetera. uh, And we use these point of view simulations to do that, to make it job relevant, really engaging training uh, online. Now, the thing that gets us a lot of attention these days is the VR delivery, the virtual reality mm-hmm. delivery, but but we deliver to all devices, tablets. We get a ton of consumption on tablets and desktops and mobile, et cetera. But yeah, that's the, the secret sauce is this job-relevant point of view simulation. And for your listeners, you know, think of it this way. Instead of killing the bad guy in a, in a game of Fortnite or a video game, you're uh, fixing, troubleshooting a heat pump uh, or right. the like. Right. And again, I've seen it. So, I mean, that's the graphics of, of a game system is is indeed really the what what makes this possible, right? I mean, we're not playing Doom, but that's exactly we are kind of playing Doom, I guess. Yeah. And we've yeah. got, a, you know, our own authoring engine. So it was designed with the learning outcomes in mind. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can imagine there's layers and layers of instructional design, and, and we have a very thoughtful learning approach, mm-hmm. moving somebody through that 3D environment or that game-like environment so that mm-hmm. there's really effective learning. And, and it took years, for, frankly, to get really good at that, but, but that's yeah. where we are now. What, what uh, gave you this uh, notion, I guess? What, 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 what else were you doing uh, that made, uh, made you think about this as, as a good way of training uh, skilled tradesmen? Yeah, it's a good question. So the, the genesis, frankly, of the whole company was I was with another company, and one of the things we were doing was training energy auditors, right? These are HERS raters or BPI auditors. I know your audience will recognize those names. Mm-hmm. And the combustion safety procedure in particular, right? If we tighten houses, mm-hmm. it's still safe. And so we were running an instructor-led training program uh, with a little online, but mostly instructor-led. And we did one day in the field. So Mm -hmm. one day of field training, which as you can imagine, is not even close to enough. But the economics of that class just didn't, you know, we couldn't, nobody would pay enough to do 50 days in the field, right? It would be a $20,000 class or something. So, (laughs) you know, the economics limited it. And so we at the time said, you know, we looked around in the trades and we were surprised that nobody was using these simulations, right? Those point of view mm-hmm. simulations we just talked about had been proven really effective for military, medical, aviation applications. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, you could put energy auditors through 75 different houses, virtual mm-hmm. houses, change mm-hmm. all the variables, different furnace types and different windows and different insulation, different pressures. And and so that was, yeah, the genesis of this whole thing. Okay. And I'm assuming 
certainly military and medical. Uh, I mean, there's money to be spent on this type of training, whereas now now it's more possible, I guess, to do it uh, for skilled trades. Is that right? Yeah, there's a couple of things. One, yeah, obviously, those are highly capitalized industries, mm-hmm. lives, you know, high consequence stuff. So if mm-hmm. the Department mm-hmm. of Defense needed to spend $6 million on something yeah. they thought would save lives, they would do it, right? And, and simulation yeah. training was one of those things. And there wasn't an obvious money source for who's going to build it for the HVAC industry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's where we came in. And a couple of things happened. One, cost of development started to get cheaper because the gaming engines were getting cheaper and easier to use. And so we were able to, you didn't have to build an engine from scratch. You could build on top of a game engine. Right. To the, the computing power, right? This was, you know, back five, six years ago. All of a sudden, our laptops could handle a lot more. And then three, mm-hmm. the ubiquity of, of broadband now allowed us to mm-hmm. distribute it. So there was some, some a confluence of factors that made this viable where it probably wasn't five or six years prior to that. Now, it's still mm-hmm. costly particularly then. And as we, you know, go and do it more at scale, we brought in a lot of outside investment capital to because mm-hmm. it's still, you know, it's still a pretty considerable investment, but the need was there and the market uh, showed that it had an appetite and was willing to pay for it. So we were willing to mm-hmm. put the capital out there to build it. And so your mission, I guess, is to scale this for, for the tradesmen and make it. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, our mission you know, take, is take what cost six million for the military <laughs> and scale it for, 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 for the everyday uh, home service contractor. That's right. It's built, you know, we're going to build a big, we have, I mean, you've seen it and we actually you haven't mm-hmm. seen it for years, but the catalog is deep right now in the, mm-hmm. in the trades we're talking about, particularly HVAC and now commercial HVAC, we've added fluid cooling towers and chillers and, you know, a whole bunch of commercial stuff as well in the last couple months. But the catalog is is really what's driving our growth because when we get it in front of whatever a service company and they see, geez, there's 45 courses on things that my team needs to learn. And not all of those are simulations. The simulations are kind of the pillars of those catalogs, but we have plenty mm-hmm. of uh, voiceover PowerPoints, other you know important online delivery of knowledge stuff, right? Understanding the refrigeration cycle and the like, you know, you're not going to do that in a simulation. Okay. And so we have this combination in this system of learning that really leads to accelerated tech development. Okay. Okay. And that leads me to, I think my next question is, uh, you know, from what I read, that you, I think the game engine is what you call skill mill. Is that right? I mean, it sounds like that's the secret ingredient, at least to the simulation training. It's actually not. And yeah, the naming oh. conventions are funny. The engine we have in house is called, we call it Volt. It's vocational okay. online learning technology. Volt. Volt. That's just for us. Right? That's like that's behind the curtain. That's how we build these things at speed uh-huh. and build them with you know good learning outcomes because we use some in, sort of expert system of uh, instructional design. The output and then the full catalog, the the product that the consumer uses or the company uses is called Skill Mill. So they're getting okay. access to Skill Mill, which is the actual product delivery of of the learning. All right. All right. And I think you won an AHR Expo Award a couple of years ago, back at, back in the good old days when we had when we, when we had AHR Expos in person. That's I guess. right. <laughs> we, we were allowed human to human contact. Yes. Um, and yes, we did. Yeah, we were proud of that. And there was a lot of I can't tell you how many people came up to me at that conference before, even before, or after and said, look, thank you for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. this industry is in desperate need of 
of ways to recruit. We need to mm-hmm. you know move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to get 19 year olds looking in our direction and a digital first way of training, or at least a dynamic digital representation of what we do is a part of that. And then obviously, given the skills gap, we've got to we've got to train a lot of people in a short amount of time and your technology facility. Yeah. A lot of people in a short amount of time, but also in doing it in in a, in a way that would uh, attract an 18 year old today, I guess. Right. Huh? I mean, they're used to playing games or they're used to doing this this way. That's right. I, I, you know, I, I, when we talk to prospects or when we talk about this, I often remind people like ask an 18 year old to do anything. And the first thing they're going to do is go look on some kind of digital way of doing it, right? Whether that's get a pizza or get directions or you name it. And so if you don't have, if you can't at least start digital and you don't have something there, you're probably going to struggle with getting their attention. Right. Why why would they even be interested in, (laughs) in becoming an HVAC technician if they had to, you know, look at a book or something? That's Not, right. They, That's right. They still might have to do that, of course, but but this is a fun, more exciting way of uh, conveying that information that they really need to understand. And, and and this is the way they can grasp it. This is the way they can. This is the way they can learn it. That's exactly Great. right. And the one thing we've seen, Steve, over the last, uh, you know, somewhat COVID accelerated this, right? Mm-hmm. So anybody who, if you were, uh, let's say, an old guard and were resistant to move to digital, you know, which I uh, respect you were kind of forced to deal with it in the last 15 months. And the nice thing for us is, you know, that you can imagine actually accelerated our business, but more importantly, you can watch a sentiment shift in the veterans of the industry who said, geez, this is really, this is good. Like I I can see where this fits and, you know, we're, we're quick to remind people, look, we're not trying to replace the hands-on training, but we can certainly enhance it. We can accelerate it. We can make that hands-on time more effective. And so, COVID accelerated that, that digital transformation and it forced people and became a catalyst for some to mm-hmm. sort of look over the fence or get off the fence. And now they're finding it's a, it's a very effective tool. Good. My next question was more, uh, you know, the difference between the VR training and, and just old fashioned 2D. I didn't know if you did both, but it sounds like you do. And I, and I think I understand better now with the whole notion of simulation training being one thing, the delivery of information perhaps being another although they're all kind of related, of course, but you, you can do, you're not just putting on a Microsoft uh, HoloLens headset, I guess, and, and going to it, right? There's yeah, that's right. providing as a service. Yeah. In fact, at this point, it's still a minority who use the virtual reality delivery. Okay. You uh-huh. absolutely do not need it, right? Most of our mm-hmm. customers, especially the mid-sized service companies, you know, what do their techs already have? They already have tablets because they're mm-hmm. using them for scheduling and, and voicing and all of that, right? Yeah. And right. now, you know, and our stuff works on tablets. So it's a point of view simulation or you're watching, mm-hmm. you know, video or you're taking quizzes or, you know, mm-hmm. you're going through that system of learning right on your tablet and you may never mm-hmm. touch VR. The VR portion tends to be in the more sophisticated training organizations who already actually, ironically, already had a lab set up. And they're trying to enhance it or do more scenarios, et cetera, or those who okay. didn't have a lab but had, you know, had a, a sort of a more of a, a more sophisticated training program where they could weave it in. That mm-hmm. seems to be the early adopters of it, but we're getting more and more. But it's certainly not necessary. All right, but I think the 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 newest feature that I've read about is this uh, commersive learning that you call it, commersive, quote yeah. unquote. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, so coercive is a is a term we're using internally and in, and in sharing it, and it's yeah. You know, the people often talk about virtual reality or mm-hmm. even our three D sims as immersive, right? That that's immersive training because you're mm-hmm. in the environment and you're learning. And and mm-hmm. one of the challenges with immersive is it it sometimes has the perception and sometimes actually the reality that you're on your own, right? You mm-hmm. are let's say you put on a headset and you're uh, on a rooftop and you're troubleshooting a, a rooftop unit. And you're on your own. And so that alone is obviously powerful for that that learning path you're going on yourself. But we all know we don't learn on our own, right? We mm-hmm. learn inside of a an ecosystem of other humans. And, and we have all the emotional and motivational needs that drive learning, whether that's to impress your colleagues, to improve your skills, to get a promotion, to, to do it for your boss reason. Maybe you're doing it because you want to impress your dad. <laughs> Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't separate learning and development from the emotional and and motivational side that's created from the human connection. And so Mm -hmm. what we've been building is obviously we have this fantastic system of learning, but it really was primarily built initially as taking somebody on sort of an autodidactic path. Like, look, you can go ahead and learn all these trades. And, you know, we've got this smart system of moving you to the next course and correcting you and remediating if you're not showing the right development. Um, but what we're now adding is a layer in that for connectivity, for human connectivity. And that's things like better dashboards so that the coach or your instructor or service manager who's over a mentor has better visibility. And I know exactly what you know, Steve, or where you're struggling because mm-hmm. I have good visibility mm-hmm. with this dashboard capability. We're starting mm-hmm. to layer in and specking out more community, community so that you can check in with your peers or you could communicate like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Why am I checking for 24 volts? And there's a community who could support you. And we're, we're talking about how we layer in better coordination with the in-the-field training, the real in-the-field training, and how do you sync those so it's more continuous where you're doing the online stuff. And then when you go in the field, that gets also reflected. So when you think about coaching and community and coordination, you know, there's that co-word connectivity. They keep coming up. And so we said what we're really trying to do is co-immersive learning, not just an immersive learning. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got a product roadmap, some of which been built, some of it's still in, you know, in the works. As we start connecting the human side of, of this, leveraging educational uh, technology, but at the same time, matching it to the human elements that are so important in learning and development. So a strong human connection with a, with a high-tech. That's right. Yes, yeah. that's exactly and right. Is, uh, how new is this? I mean, you mentioned this is somewhat of a work in progress, I guess. Uh, yes, it is. Go? It is. So we have uh, we've gone super deep on the coaching side now, and the coaching okay. when I say coaching the technology uh, facilitation of that is in the dashboard capability. Mm-hmm. We've added layers of assessment and have a taxonomy of skills, and that now is being presented to the the service manager or whoever's in charge of the training. And so they have a lot better visibility into who knows what and where they're going to say, okay, I got to work with Sally on her electrical. She's struggling here and Bob's, you know, needs help here. And, and so we're trying to, con- the coaching portion of that is already built and it's out there. The analytics side, which has the more detailed assessment, skill assessment still in beta, but they, we've got sort of the first version of, of that out. Uh, so you'll see that more in the next five, six weeks. and then. You'll start seeing the next thing you'll start seeing is probably 
this, you know, the community connection. And then there's this other piece called, we call it mentor me and what mentor me is. And it's just fascinating. And it's still, you know, it's just coming out of prototype and we're working on some of the specifications you can, as an expert, Steve, so let's say you're an expert and you, you know, work in new England and, and you have our, you're using our skill mill system to train your techs. But you have some specific things you want to train because in New England, you have certain things that you just got to deal with, right? Whether it's ice or, you know, weather or whatnot. And uh, so what you would do is you'd actually, let's say you got inside of a split AC simulation, you actually put the headset on and you, you're going to be able to record yourself. Mm. And you might say, hey, you know, here, you know, obviously this is a simulation on troubleshooting a split residential AC, but let me let me remind you when you're in New England you got to look at this spot we get ice here it causes a problem make sure boom boom you know you walk down more specific sort of you know more closer to you to your organization and you hit record and you hit save now when somebody joins your firm in a couple couple weeks or a month they can actually get in that VR environment and launch the Steve avatar with that mm. recording <laughs> so that idea of connecting, right? That's the human connection. Because guess what? I see Steve in work every day too, right? That's where we're trying to, you know, bring these worlds together. So that, wow. as you can imagine, that has us incredibly excited. And we're just starting to show it to some people, just early versions of it. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. watching the smile uh, on people's face, it's it's been fun. Uh-huh. Very neat. Now, uh, I know when I first heard about you guys back in 2019, you were doing collaborations with Carrier Johnson Controls, you know, big companies. Are you still working with them? Have you showed this to them? Or what, what's going on? Yeah, we sure are. In fact, Carrier is still a fantastic partner of ours. In fact, all you know, we've added Ream, um, who've been super supportive, and they've really been aggressive about rolling out more digital learning into their community. Goodman, you, you almost mm-hmm. can't name anyone in the HVAC industry who we're not working with, whether it's you know Ferguson on that side of the world. Uh, so, yeah, we've got lots of partners now. And, you know, ultimately, I, you know, I like thinking of them as they, they aggregate techs, right? Ultimately, the tech is who we care about, right? Whether mm-hmm. we're serving that through Sally's Heating and Air and Plumbing or mm-hmm. whether it's the, the family of dealers inside of one of the big manufacturers. Ultimately, we just we're getting to that tech and the tech development. And so we just get there in different ways. But, yeah, it's been they've been they've been instrumental. Uh, all of those manufacturers and doing a couple of things. One, they're helping us distribute, I think, really good training. In some cases, we build custom stuff for them that really speaks to things they need to train on. Uh, but two, they added validation, right? They, they basically said, hey, look, we're important in this industry and so is Interplay. Uh, we need more techs trained and they've got a technology to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now you mentioned our hypothetical Sally's heating and air. So that, you know, that's your, 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 your basic home services contractor. How, how are you working with them directly? Uh, how can they uh, use your system then? What, what do they have to invest in? in yeah. That? So, yeah, that's a, I mean, we have literally thousands of them now who are using it and, and depending on their size and, and uh, level of, you know, how, where they're training, system was when we joined them in a lot of cases we become their foundational training program mm-hmm. and a lot of cases they use some some online stuff but a lot of in you know shad job shadowing and the like and here we come in with this training system and so what's happened is and you i'm sure you've covered it many times with this skills gap and people talking and kind of complaining about it for a maybe a, upwards of a decade 
the companies have said, look, we've just got to solve this for ourselves. Like the government's not going to solve it for us. The trade schools are not going to solve it at, at, at the pace we need. We have to build our own workforce. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they say, oh, we need to build our own workforce. What do we do? And they they might fool around online and then they find us. And what they'll do is they'll buy seats. So they'll buy uh, annual access seats for their team. They might buy mm-hmm. five seats. They might buy 40 seats. And that'll give their team access and and di- different companies deployed in different ways. Some of them use it as even for career laddering and even driving, you know, pay. Uh, look, mm-hmm. you have to show demonstrated mm-hmm. performance at this level on that right. system and do X, Y, or Z also in the field. And then you're going to move from 16 to 17, 50 an hour or the like. So mm-hmm. we see them uh, weaving it into their uh, training programs, or it becomes the foundation for their training program, again, depending on where they are. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned the, this whole notion of, you, you know, it's up to you to build your own workforce. What what, what other kind of trends in education do you see out there that uh, that are coming into your favor? Obviously, I know you're a proponent of, of your system, but what are the bigger, larger trends, I guess, out there that you've, you've seen? Uh, yeah, your work it's a and it's a really good question. You know, we see a couple of things. One, I think there's, you see the the, the narrative around uh, these career paths being more mm-hmm. accepted at the at all levels of education. Saying yes, maybe we went too far by telling everyone they should get a humanities degree, four year degree, or mm-hmm. become a lawyer or something. And so, mm-hmm. I think there the pendulum has come back a little and said, look, these are fantastic, rewarding careers that can be incredibly lucrative, uh, that can offer all kinds of things from your own entrepreneurial path to big companies and big company pay. And so mm-hmm. it's been fun to be a part of that. I mean, one thing as you, as you, uh, we all experienced with this, with the pandemic is this term was invented, essential workers, right? Mm-hmm. Essential workers. Well, it's the workforce we're talking about. And so that term alone to me was really uh, sort of, it helped. It helped in this effort to say, look, this is this is essential to who we are. These jobs don't get outsourced. These are rewarding careers. And mm-hmm. so it's nice to see that pendulum shift. The other thing we've seen is, you know, I, as I talk about build your own workforce, we, companies with systems, they've learned like they're, they're going to have to do this more on their own sometimes mm-hmm. and they have to be prepared for this earn, learn right? This earn, learn. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a world where it's like, go go to a trade school for two years and you come out and you're ready to work and off you go. Like we are all earning and learning our whole lives now way more than I think historically has been, been the case. So that's a big trend. And, and so if you're a company out there and you're not investing in your employees, even your you know mid-level and advanced techs for them to advance, it's hard to keep them. It's hard to keep them. people want to, you know, engage and learn and they have to because of the pace of innovation, et cetera. So that earn learn is uh, another major trend that I'm seeing. Good, good. Now, um, everybody, I guess, knows about virtual reality and also people talk a lot about augmented reality. And I, I know, uh, you know, I'm familiar with some companies, XOI Technologies, perhaps you're, you've heard of them in Nashville. Uh, we just did a profile on the founder, and a couple of years ago, I did a story about how XO, uh, how Lee Enterprises, rather, a big mechanical contractor in Nashville, Tennessee, was using their uh, system out in the field. So I know you're not a service company, but uh, is there an augmented reality thing to your training um, too, or what? No, yeah, and yeah, you know, Aaron at XOI, he's you know, he's full of it. Don't believe any word he says. 
<laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I know Aaron well. He's, he's a great guy. And fantastic. I love what they're doing. I think it's actually really complimentary of what we're doing. And we, we, he and I have talked about that. You know, the, the augmented reality, in my view, is, is a fantastic tool for efficiency uh-huh. in the field, reference yeah. ability, right? Like quickly, ah, remind me what's the diagnostic tree I should be going through in my head here. Uh, on this piece of equipment that I haven't seen in three months, right? That that's where the augmented reality is particularly valuable. So for those listeners who don't necessarily know the definition, there you're using a device in the field that that is pulling information in real time for you. That's that's helpful. I'm a big believer that augmented reality, although Aaron may disagree with me, um, is actually not a great training tool because of the distraction. There, mm-hmm. If you're in the field and there's a lot going on. You know, the cognitive overload is tough to build, yeah. you know, good retention and recall. I uh-huh. think augmented reality and, you know, it might be a device in your head or it could be just your phone or your tablet, right? Mm-hmm. That you're able to quickly use a QR code, let's say, and pull up some reference material that right. might make you you're more efficient in the field. I think there's a, you know, a continuum that a training program away from the field, like something we do really valuable, build the skills. And then, and you weave in obviously hands-on training as you go too. And then at some point you start using more and more AR, which you're, mm-hmm. you know, more mobile friendly in the field, quick access reference, and you get more efficient in the field and, and being mm-hmm. able to connect those two worlds. So if you practice the diagnostic tree in, let's say, in one of our VR sims, on mm-hmm. let's say you're troubleshooting a heat pump mm-hmm. and you had to check, you know, left side of the transformer for, for voltage, right? First thing you do. You get out in the field and you want to quickly access that same diagnostic tree that you trained on. That yeah. to me is a fantastic deployment of AR, and that and there you see that continuity of from the the, the time in the sort of the training space and then time right. in the in the so field. Yeah. One one leads directly to the other. That's right. That's exactly That's right. What to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, perfect. So interplay learning, uh, I guess it comes down to gaming engines uh, plus computer power and plus broadband. And and here you are. Yeah, well, that's right. You add up all those things and, and the outcome and the output is is the the best way to build your own workforce, right? Build and develop techs and develop skills. And, and we're excited to be a part of this. Well, Doug, uh, I, I want to wrap it up a bit, but I'm, I'm just kind of curious. We talked about some trade shows that I saw you uh, at in 2019. I, I know some are already scheduled to four in person. PHC, I know, is one of them. And I got some room reservations for AHR next year in Vegas already. Are you uh, planning? Uh, what's your plans uh, for the coming year to at least go to some trade shows so people can see you face to face? Undoubtedly, 2022, you, yeah, every single trade show will be there. I mean, it's yeah. a big part of this, you know, it's one thing to listen to us on a podcast. It's another thing to experience and see the oh, sure. simulations. And, and and so certainly being there in person is important. Mm-hmm. The fall of this year, yeah, we're getting more serious about it. You know, obviously it was hard mm-hmm. to project even two months ago what the fall would look like. I'm mm-hmm. starting to get more confident. Our team's starting to get more confident these conferences as you're you know as you just indicated look like they may happen yeah. and so yeah i think at this point we'll if they're happening i think we'll be there perfect well i hope i'll i'll see you at some of those then very soon fantastic well thanks for having me today, yeah Steve. thanks for the time yeah and for anybody or your listeners you just go to our website you can just google interplay learning we'll, we should come right up and someone can learn more perfect thanks for the time today all right thank you